How's it going? Thanks for joining me on the Other Expats podcast, a podcast where we feature and talk about the experiences of African, Black, and people of color expats in Malaysia. I am your host. My name is Chukudi Bara, and our guest on this episode is Chisomo Sakala, a customer service guru at one of the leading call centers in Malaysia. She's also the founder and content developer at A Younger Voice, which we'll be talking about in a bit. Chisomo, thanks for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm Chisomo, like you mentioned. I am originally from Zambia, which is in the southern part of Africa, uh, South Central. But uh, yes, I um, work in one of the core centers here in Malaysia as a customer service executive. And um, I've been here for a couple of years. Uh, initially, I came for school in 2009 and I switched some courses back and forth. So it took a little longer to finish. But um, I eventually decided what it is I was sure I wanted to do. And I went in that line, which was mass communication. And once I was done in 2014, I went back home. And then two years later, I came back to Malaysia with the intention of learning a second language. But within the first week, I was able to uh, secure a job. And I went with that option. All right. That's. That's really interesting. You're the founder of A Younger Voice. Tell us more about that. A Younger Voice is just a recently lost platform, but it's been a lifelong dream building up okay. uh, where we can just share different opinions of our stories that unite us and basically issues that we really get the chance to address, especially in the African community, because of the manner in which we're raised or the norms and the customs that are considered to be the stronghold um, of our societies. Uh, there are certain things that you cannot question. There are certain things that are considered to be the culture, therefore they are the norm. It's That's the way it's always been. So even if it doesn't make sense to you or you don't agree with it, you just have to learn to live with it as opposed to question it or find a way to actually raise points and change it because it isn't necessarily the right way of thinking or it brings about a certain disadvantage to some people. So that was the aim or the goal behind the younger voice and having the privilege to travel to different countries and interact with uh, people from other African countries. It's just a constant reminder of how similar our stories are, but also some of the questions that we all share and have never ever had the opportunity to express out there in public or the opinions that you've had to keep quiet because not everybody agrees with it or they don't necessarily gel well with what is the standard belief in society. So you don't necessarily get to say them out loud. So that's what A Younger Voice is about. It's a platform where we can say or air those opinions out loud and just have discussions and grow each other as well as learn from each other. All right. Oh, that's great. Um, you said you just it just recently um launched. Um, how how well has um the response been like so far? I, I think the response has been 
fantastic. It's been better than I expected. Um, <laughs> yes, it really has. Um, normally, uh, there is a thing where your friends aren't exactly the most supportive. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but um, I think I've seen a difference with a younger voice. I've had such a great support system, not just from my friends, but even from people that I don't even know. They take the time to share my posts. They take the time to like and interact. And even on Sunday, the live sessions, um, the numbers are increasing. From the launch, there was such a great turnout. I didn't expect that many people. And even yesterday when we had the first actual like discussion, it was a great turnout. So it's been it's been really good i have support from people i don't even know and from people i know so i'm grateful for that and i think it's it's doing really well it's getting the interaction that i want oh wow that's that's great that's good to know i uh, sorry i missed i i noted that i was going to join um the session yesterday and i completely forgot my bad i will not miss <laughs> the next one um also no uh, problem yeah. having you yeah, I'll add links to um, where listeners can find um, a younger voice so they can um, support um, in any way. And I'm talking, you mentioned, um, you talked about culture, and I think that's something that always comes up in um, um, discussions that we have here on, on other expats, being that we are in a um, somewhat different culture here in, in Malaysia. What parts of the the Malaysian culture did you find different? Um, uh, uh, what parts have you embraced so far? Um, what parts do, do you like and which parts don't you like so far? Um, let me start with the parts that I like. Yeah. I love that <laughs> they seem to be foodies even though they don't seem to gain weight. I don't know how they do that yeah. but they eat heavy meals at any time of the day and being a foodie myself i think i love that i love the fact that um i think the cost of living is extremely affordable here so anybody no matter how bad the situation is i mean the meals that go for a ringgit so it means you can always have something to eat no matter how bad things get so i i love that about the culture i think they try to be accommodative of everyone in the sense of catering to their citizens in a financial sense so that everybody can at least have something or access to something. So I love that about their culture. Um, I love how um, they have embraced all the three races or the three nationalities that are represented in their country the way they uh, celebrate each and every holiday. I think it's a very nice thing to see. And um, I, I, I'm interested in culture. I enjoy just experiencing it and seeing it. So I, I love those aspects of their culture. And maybe the things I don't enjoy so much. Um, I think there's only one thing that I find to be off-putting about uh, being in Malaysia, which is the racial ignorance. So I think if you remove the racial ignorance, it's like a dream country to live in. And maybe also the fact that not necessarily the jobs that you're qualified for are the ones that are offered to you. It's like the specific jobs that we're able to have. 
right. or that we have access to as foreigners, not necessarily that everything that we studied were able to get a job in that industry and and thrive. So um, those, I think, are the only disadvantages. Without those two things, I think it's, it's an amazing country. Okay. Um, yeah, I think I'm, I'm mostly agree with, with that. Um, you, oh, you mentioned, uh, I think the, the point there is um, racial ignorance. And I think in the past year, um, with the Black Lives Matter movement, there has been an increase in um, both actual um, commitments to know more about the Black Lives plight and the wokeness in some other um, levels. Um, I think um, what we've seen so far is a lot of companies and brands um, using the idea or the protest or the movement as a way to sell and to, to position themselves um, in a certain way. Um, so yeah, I think what has happened is that a lot of companies are leaning or acting or saying that they are more interested in, they are now more interested in black lives and black specialists. Um, what do you think about that? And, and uh, what, what's it been like for you, basically? Um, there's a tendency to do things because it's a trend. Yeah. And there's a tendency to do things because you genuinely feel or understand what that society or what that community has been through or is going through, and you'd want to be an advocate for change. So if that shift towards more Black lives or Black awareness is one that's out of genuine concern for that society or wanting to be an advocate for change, I think it's it's a great thing. But if it's more of a trend because this is happening right now and it's what's going to get us out there, then I think um, it's a disadvantage to the Black community because it doesn't necessarily bring about the desired changes that we want. It's just a trend. The thing about trends is that they only last for a short time. And then once the trend is over, everything is just back to normal because I've used you for to gain whatever it is that I wanted to gain from you. I think it's similar to the trend that has been going on, especially with African culture. Um, in America, especially, it wasn't such a cool thing to be African up until recently when things started changing. I think when popular artists from there started to collaborate with African artists or even after movies like Black Panther, it just suddenly became such a cool thing to be African or to be associated with anything Afrocentric. And it's more of a trend than actually genuinely wanting to know your roots or where you come from or identifying with Africans. So if it's just a trend, it, it isn't such a great thing. But if it's something that's genuine to say, I would want to know, which is the same thing with the businesses, to say if it's genuinely buying with the Black people or, the black, or people of color, rather, and saying, I understand or I would want to be an advocate for change, then I think it's, a, it's, it's an amazing thing that people have finally decided to 
wake up and speak up against such injustices. But if it's just a trend, I think it's a sad thing because it means we're going to continue the same cycle after a while. I, th- I think at, at this point, it's important to also ask the question, like, how do you differentiate between um, between a trend and if it's a genuine commitment to actually know to know and to make it different? Is there a way to differentiate? I think you can, sometimes you can only differentiate things once they've been done and you're in that situation. And other times I think it's from the person that's doing it or from the people that are doing it, I think you'd be able to tell, to say, okay, this is just a front. Or even when you're in that actual situation, suppose I were hired by a company that has been all white all this while, is it that they're genuinely concerned or it's it's something that they've never been comfortable enough to express, but they want to do something about it eventually. One of my favorite hashtags from last year, it was silence is betrayal because it's something that's always been in existence. It's like if I had um, friends who are not black, they would we would complain about things behind closed doors or where friends up until something that just affects my race happens and then they go quiet because that is the time you're supposed to stand up as a friend. So that's why uh, I'm saying you'd be able to tell the genuineness in when it actually happens to say this is actually from a good place or um, I think sometimes you'd have to experience it to know whether this is the real deal or this is just a front. Sometimes uh, the trend you'd have to, you can either see it coming and say, identify it right from the get-go, the red flags are there, this is just a trend, or this is just a front to get publicity on their end or to get ahead on their end. And other times you would have to go through it. It's not just clear-cut and you know. So there are other times you'd have to experience and uh, give people the benefit of a doubt. And it's only when you experience it or you go through the experience that you know that this was either genuine or it was a trend. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, a lot of times in the places where we work, we are sometimes the only black people um, in the company, and that by itself brings up a lot of challenges. But I, I don't know what your situation is like, but I think no, it doesn't even really matter. Like as a black expert here um, in Malaysia, what's that been like for you? Um, challenges work based. Outside work, what has that been like? Um, work-based, I think, um, like I said, um, there are two things about the Malaysian culture that I think um, influence uh, some of the challenges that I face. One is, I think in Malaysian culture, they are never taught or they rarely speak up even for themselves. So um, for me, if something doesn't make sense, I question it. And that tends to be seen as aggression or always being argumentative. But I I just feel it's it's just people who don't know how to communicate who take everything as a fight. Whereas if something doesn't make sense, you ought to ask questions until I have understanding, you have understanding, which is win-win. It's not necessarily a fight. It's just that I'm trying to gain understanding as to why things are the way they are. 
So um, I think that's one of the biggest challenges uh, I tend to be. And even some of the other Africans I work with, we tend to be viewed as aggressive or argumentative because we don't necessarily just say yes, no, sir. If, because if things don't make sense, I don't feel a change or an effective one can be brought about by just keeping quiet and talking about your boss or about the situation behind closed doors. So if you speak up and actually ask questions, it's a platform not just for you to learn, but it's also a platform for your boss or whoever is in charge of you to grow or to learn something. I, I honestly believe that is one of the basis for working in multinational companies or being away from home. We're supposed to grow each other and learn from each other. So I feel that has been one of the biggest challenges, the whole not being able to express yourself. And I get it, it's a part of their culture. It's a very sad part of their culture, but not being able to express yourself means that you interpret everything else that someone is saying or someone who's expressive as um, an argument or a fight. So that's one. Another challenge in the work environment that is, uh, like I mentioned, the only thing that um, bothers me here is the racial ignorance. And even in the workplace, it's something that exists. I mean, I could say something and it would be disregarded because I'm African. And maybe someone from Europe who's a colleague, we're on the same salary, we're on the same um, uh, job title. He would say the same thing, even in a more aggressive way than I would have said it. But because he's not of African descent or he's not black, he will get a listening ear. He will get maybe more time or people will give him a listening ear. Whatever he writes would be given that much attention. So I think just the racial ignorance and their inability to speak for themselves, which I think is a cultural clash, because where I'm from, you can ask questions if things don't make sense. And it's not necessarily an argument. It's just an opportunity for better understanding for each party or even just an opportunity to learn from each other and grow. So those would be the two things I think I would find challenging. And outside the workplace, the only thing I think I find the challenge here is, is just the racial ignorance. There's nothing beyond that. I think, like I mentioned initially, if you remove the racial, this is one of the most peaceful countries. It's one of the most beautiful countries, even just sightseeing. And it's rich in culture on so many levels. So everything else I find to be okay. The only challenge is just the cultural clash and maybe the racial ignorance. Everything else is, is beautiful. All right. That's, that's something. Uh, I think uh, one thing that came up, came to mind there was um, like the, um, when you talked about when you, when you make suggestions uh, and it's, you being black is considered first and uh, uh, or rather what you what you suggest is not considered because you're black and then someone who's white um, can say something similar and they are they are considered first um do you think being or how rather because i i think there's definitely um an effect there being black and being a woman um that must be like an extra level of challenge because being black is a challenge enough, but being black and woman, that's, um, what's that like? Um, it, it definitely can be a challenge. And when you say that, um, a few incidents came to mind where, um, me and one of my girlfriends had a discussion where we had been put in charge of something. And again, I think it's just a culture thing. It wasn't necessarily even locals. 
people are opposed to it. It's just, you know, it's a multinational place. And when you're all from different backgrounds, you have been brought up differently. There's some people who are brought up in societies where men are dominant or are placed of more value over women. So I think that was one of the challenges I found being a woman, or maybe if I have more knowledge in something and more understanding and someone is opposed to it just because I'm a woman, not because it's wrong. I think that 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 has also been a challenge. And at this point, I just think it's something to laugh about because I'm aware that um, we haven't been raised similarly. You've been brought up in an environment where all you've been told all your life is that you are of more value than a woman. So it isn't something that would change overnight and it would be something that I would have to be patient with or um, constantly aware of and that would prevent me from constantly reacting to it. So like I said, at this point for me, there are certain situations that are just laughable because if I react to everything, I think I'll be constantly frustrated in my job or in just different environments that I go into. One thing that I am appreciative of is one of the first jobs I had back home in my home country was in a call center as well. But um, in the training, one of the first things that my trainer said to me was, when you work in customer service, the first thing you must always remember is not to take things personally. No matter what a customer says, no matter what a customer does, do not take it personally. And I, I grabbed that advice with all my heart and all my mind, but I applied it to everything else that I do in life and every other person that I interact with. So even um, when I come across someone who is from a different culture, in my head, I'm just like, oh, he is this way, he has grown up this way, and um, I don't expect him to change overnight. His reaction at this moment may be annoying or irritating, or the fact that in his head he thinks he cannot listen to me because I'm a woman, even though I do know better in this particular subject. It's, it's, it's irritating in that point in time, but I just breeze past it because arguing with someone who has been taught one thing all their life in that brief moment will not change. And it, it, it would just drag on and on and on, take away from everything. So I just try my best to um, instill as much. If I'm in a position where I have to lead you, or I have to guide you in something, I will do my best to instill what I can positively or politely. You can take it, you can leave it, but if you're offended by the fact that I'm a woman, I leave that to you as your problem to deal with. I won't address it as such. All right, all right. Uh, that, okay, that just saying, I can just imagine what that um, challenge is going to be like. Yeah, that's, that's extra, definitely. Talking about changes, how have you changed um, as a result of of being or as a result of working abroad, what are some changes you you feel like have occurred um, as a result of you um, being a black expat abroad? I think one of the things that working away from home teaches you is patience, because like I said, we're all from different backgrounds, different upbringings, so. You have a certain way that you want things to be done and you feel you're right. I have my own way of doing things. And if we just, everybody stays in their own lane and focused in the I am right, we'll constantly clash. So I think I've, I've learned to be a bit more patient with people. 
and not just customers, but even the people that I work with or people that I interact with on a daily basis. Um, I think being away from home teaches you patience and endurance because not everything that you want, you have access to. So I think it's, it's, I wouldn't say it's necessarily changed me, but it's grown me in so many aspects. Um, of course, it broadens your perspective on so many things. There are things that I would do back home that I wouldn't do here. Even I think before I began to work as a student, there are people that I found myself hanging out with that when I was back home, I would never, ever hang out with. But I think being away from home pushes you to move out of your comfort zone. So you do things that you wouldn't normally do or you hang out or you meet people, or interact with people that you normally wouldn't interact with. And I think it's a good thing because it grows you. You're not stuck in the same place. Uh, one of my closest friends now, I met him in uni. And back then we actually sat down one day and we laughed at the fact that if we were still in our home country, me and him would never, ever talk to each other. He's probably someone I would judge from a distance. And he says I'm probably someone he would judge from a distance and would just move on. But um, being forced to be in a foreign country from together and there's no one else to interact with you're forced to hang out and you actually get to know a person for who they are not the opinions or assumptions that you come up with them in your head based on the things that they do so i think it's a growing experience it allows you to really get to know people and interact with them and it just grows you in so many ways mm, yeah that's that's very true um i, I think that's why he, uh, many people it, or it's one of the reasons why many people consider um an international experience like vital like you you get to see different cultures and grow basically what's it been like um the, the last year with the whole covid pandemic and being um assuming that you are away from family what's what's that been like for you um living away from your family during the whole pandemic time um for the past year well um Unlike most people, I actually do have uh, my immediate older sister here. She's working here as well. So I think having her here also, and besides my sister, I have a two-year-old son. I'm a single mom. So I think having those two here has been a great sort of comfort. I don't feel so alone. I, I mean, when I feel bad, I can always talk to my sister. There's someone I can talk to in my language. So... It's, I didn't really feel it that much. Uh, I know a lot of people had so much to complain about, but uh, last year, I think, was one of the best years of my life. <laughs> I got to, like, I know so many people are like, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I always, like I told my, my, my entire church, I said last year I experienced a pandemic of blessings. I don't know about everybody else, but that, that was just my story. Um, I think the work from home for me was the biggest blessing of all. It gave me an opportunity to rest because I feel like I was constantly tired, having to drop a baby off at the nanny, then go to work, then pick the baby up, prepare. Just It was a never-ending cycle. But then like with being able to work from home, it just gave me an opportunity to rest and relax. I could spend a bit more time with my son. I could hang out with my sister. Um, like when the lockdown hit, I preferred to be with my sister because I'd rather be with family during a time like that. 
And even this time around with this lockdown, I, I made the move to my sister's as soon as they announced it so that I could be with family, not knowing how long it's going to be. So um, for me, it was an opportunity to rest. I was meant to go home, but um, because of not being able to travel under the lockdown, my contracts ended up being renewed. So I was grateful for that. And um, last year, I think was just a great year for me. I know some people lost so much and um, they really felt they hit, but that wasn't the case for me. I do empathize with all those who lost a family member. I do have friends. I have had relatives who tested positive, but I am grateful that they didn't end up dying. It was all... They, they were quarantined, they took the necessary medication and they're all alive and healthy now. So last year, it didn't hit me as badly as most people and I'm grateful for that. And um, even with my family, I'm grateful that they're all there and whenever I miss them, I can constantly just get on the phone and talk to them. It says that they're simply a phone call away. So I don't necessarily feel so left out having a sister here, but also being able to easily access my family back home all right i know like i kind of enjoyed the the lockdown last year like um also for the same thing you you it's you it reduced the amount of stress that you go to go through daily yes um so yeah that was definitely a blessing but yeah there's on the other hand there's the people who are extremely affected by uh, the pandemic yeah in one way or the other so yeah um so yeah, but that's that's good to know at least that there's there's people out there who got some good out of um, all the negativity and the terribleness that has been in the past year. Um, yeah, being a black expat and a single mom in in Malaysia, um, like how what's that what's that like? Ooh, um, I think just being a mom to start with, that's a job. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't even, like I'm at a point in my life or right after I had my baby. Growing up, I always used to tell my mom, I want a football team of kids because I love children so much. Now tell her, oh my goodness, I want so many children. And once I'm done having my own, I'm going to even adopt some more just so I can have so many children around me. It, it was just a child and the crazy talking just after this one pregnancy. I just said, yeah, I don't think I want any more kids because, um, I mean, it was just such a journey, both good and bad, but um, there's so many things that you don't know you're going to walk into. And it just leaves me wondering why some women do that to themselves more than once, but it's, 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 it's a challenge, but it's also one that comes with very beautiful rewards. I don't think I would trade my son's presence in my life for anything. Um, of course, it was, it's been hard financially to balance because initially I worked in KL and I was initially staying in Cyberjaya mm, when I had wow. him. So just um, the commute and to yeah. balance everything, to balance dropping him off and then going to work and then picking him up after. And of course, there's no way I could always use like Grab or Uber because I'm trying to save costs. So you find that a journey that would be 30 or 45 minutes, I have to take two hours to get to one place because, wow. um, yes. And then even I think my sleeping pattern at the time, it, it had to change. At most, I think for a good one or two years, I would only get two or three hours of sleep. Wow. <laughs> yes 
because he's like initially he when as he started to grow he would wake up every two hours every two hours every two hours so it's just one of those things but as he got bigger i am so grateful for a kids program called coco melon because the moment he turned one if he wakes up at night i just turn on my phone i play the coco melon he will watch it and i can at least squeeze in a few hours of sleep okay wow so it was challenging in that sense but um no it's it's definitely worth every milestone or worth every um joy that i've experienced having him in my life and i think i've also had just such a great support system as much as i lacked financially i don't think and i've grown to understand that financial help isn't the only thing that people can give you um there are those who pray with me which i'm so grateful for they encourage me when i'm at my lowest and i don't think i would have done this journey without them there are those who uh just take the time to check up on me it, it seems like the smallest thing to them but to me it's it's the biggest thing so i think having a great support system has also helped back home and even here the support system has been amazing i wouldn't trade my friends or my fam squad for anything so i think the challenges are there but they are all overshadowed by my son's presence in my life and the joy that he brings and i think even um the hard times or the low moments they are also overshadowed by the milestones that i hit with him because i think they make the milestones that much worthwhile and even more beautiful oh, okay oh that's interesting <laughs> yeah i can just i can just imagine how how that goes like wow all right <laughs> um okay i i think to to round up um maybe you can you share um what you you were a student here before you went back home and then you you came back um what would you have to say to other black expats um who are either planning to move here for the first time or um even students who are hoping to continue from or continue to a career here um what what would you say to them um, i think the first thing i would say to both either students or people looking to work here i think is have an open mind um obviously that's the first thing you'd want to have if you're going to a new place because yeah. if you confine yourself to the way things are in your home country you you will not be very happy or you will not have a very comfortable journey because things are very different everywhere that you go even in your country if you go to someone else's house things are done differently than the way they're done in your house so you'd have to keep an open mind to everything that's the first thing i would say uh, to a student i think i would say um i think don't give up with the company that I'm working with I don't even think they know or remember but I applied three times before I actually got a job with them oh, wow <laughs> the first two times I think they didn't even look at my resume they, I walked in they just grabbed it and packed and just said thank you the second time I walked in um they just grabbed it and packed and said thank you but there was one lady who was nice enough to follow me outside and she just said you know at the moment there are a bit of restrictions with hiring foreigners because the government is trying to hire more of local people 
So that's the only issue right now. And um, I think the whole thing where before being an English speaker was such an advantage, but now you need an additional language. So I think that was that timeline when you needed an additional language other than English because most of the English speaking positions had been taken up. So she took the time to explain that to me and I was grateful for that. And that was the second time. The third time when I came back, someone, I, I actually had a clash with the school that I was supposed to attend. So the moment I arrived, I just texted a few friends to say, if you know of any job openings, please let me know so I can um, send out my CV or I can walk in. And by the time I woke up, I found a bunch of missed calls from one of my friends saying, hi, they're looking for an English speaker in this place, but you would have to rush. And I was already way past the time that he had sent the message because I had just arrived. So I was super tired. I hadn't slept in a couple of days. <laughs> and um, I, I just called and I said, are they still doing the interviews? Can I still go right now? He checked with someone who was working there and she's just like, yes, 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 you can go ahead. I put myself together as quickly. I made my way to KL. I um, attended the interview. The first position they actually offered me, I was told the timeline for them to process my visa was too close because they needed someone to start on Monday. So um, the man who interviewed me said, let me go check with my supervisor if there's anything else we can do for you. He went and he came and he offered me another position. He asked me if I was interested, which was interesting because before they would just take my CV and pack it. But now they even asked me if I'm interested <laughs> in the position in their company. So I thought that was great. Yeah. And I said, yes, I was. And he told me to just wait for someone from that department to come and interview me. And I waited and it was actually an African guy that interviewed me. Because he was going to be, unknown to me, he was going to be my manager in that particular project. Yeah, so yeah. Um, I, I, for me, I found that exciting because it shows me that, okay, there's some opportunity for growth here. If this guy looks just like me and he's in the management <laughs> position, then at yeah. least I know it's yeah. exciting. It's, it's great to have representation everywhere you go. True, so true. seeing that for me was exciting. And um, he interviewed me. And at the end of the interview, just for me, you can go home and relax. As for me, you have the job. You don't have anything to worry about. And just as he had said, two days later, I got an email with a contract and everything saying the job was mine. So <laughs> if I was the kind of person who said, um, okay, they rejected me twice. Let me just sit down and not do anything. Then I probably wouldn't have the job that I have today. I'm, I'm, I've been with the company for almost four months now. But oh. it's just... Um, out of being persistent and not giving up because I've had previous rejections from the same place. So the major thing I would say is do not give up. And then also once you do get here or once you do get that job, enjoy yourself or enjoy your time here. Enjoy the culture, enjoy the scenery, just have a good time. Make the most of your experience no matter how long or how short it's going to be. Oh, that's, that's a good way to round up the interview <laughs> oh yeah that's that's really good um thanks um chisomo for um agreeing to join us today for this episode of the other experts podcast i'll include links to um a younger voice for people who want to follow and support chisomo on that platform as well um thanks again for joining us chisomo Thank you so much for having me. I had a great time.